I will. But you got to say it with me. Say, I will. Now here's the rhythm. I will exalt his name. I will exalt his name. Say, I will exalt his name. I will exalt his name. Come on, man. I will exalt his name. I will exalt his name. turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4. We're in the home stretch. We're not finishing the book today, but we're getting close. It's been some good stuff. At least I've enjoyed it. <clears throat> While you're turning there, I would love to invite everyone to join us here on Wednesday nights. It's Wednesday night church like maybe you've never experienced it. This room becomes a big dining hall. Probably just too loud. This room becomes a big dining hall. <clears throat> And we eat together at 6.30. And then we uh, release children and youth to go to their events. And we stay in here for what's called the Truth Project, which is some excellent teaching uh, by a video on the big screens. And then we have discussion groups, prayer, t prayer together in our groups around the... There's 10 big tables, around tables. And then we're out of here by 8.30. And uh, sometimes a team stays to help set the place back up. Uh, in fact, every time it has happened, and our record thus far in setting this room from dining hall back to auditorium is 13 minutes, so it's worth just standing around to see that happen. So, <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> There's like two of us that set it up for that, and we're in awe of it. It's like, it took us how long, and look at this. It's great. Anyway, while you're turning to Philippians 4, here's a commercial for this Wednesday's talk. There are really many different ways you can view churches. I'm very wary of churches. I want to try and answer the question, what is it that keeps us from intimacy? The God of the universe dwells within me? You can't divide the infinite God up into little pieces? If you buy this pair of jeans, you'll be significant. This hunger to be significant can destroy us. 
It is astounding to me to think that God would speak and all of creation would come into existence. Do you understand this? No. <laughs> I love that cliffhanger, don't you? It's great. So come Wednesday and find out. I understand Arby's will be serving the other white meat as well as their, as well as their red meat. So praise the Lord. Philippians chapter 4, verse 2. I implore you, Odia, and I implore Suntuke to be of the same mind in the Lord. Apparently these were two sisters that were at odds. Uh, somebody uh, humorously tried to change her names to you, Odious, and Suntuchi. I urge you also, true companion, help these women who labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, Whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And we say that together. Meditate on these things. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do and the God of peace will be with you. In conclusion, verse 9 again, the things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are the word made flesh, and Lord, we pray that this word would become part of our flesh, that our minds would be renewed and our lives conformed to your image and not our own, Lord. Make us more like you and give us some peace today. In Jesus' name, amen. The whole world is looking for peace. Somebody said, I wish I had some peace. Salesmen will promise peace. You want peace of mind? Get the warranty plan. You want to feel good? Take this pill. Drink this. Eat this. Take this. Do this. Read this. Have this. Buy this. Borrow this. Pay this off. You'll have peace. Jesus said, My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. A man named Gary Paxton back in the 70s wrote, the world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away. We're talking about peace that God gives 
that no one can take away. How to have peace from the God of peace or how to have the peace of God from the God of peace. Who knows God has some peace. He doesn't bite his fingernails. He doesn't worry. He doesn't fret. He doesn't stress out over things. He does not have meltdowns. He melts things, but he doesn't melt. And he's come to bring his peace. His son came as a prince of peace. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. His name shall be called Wonderful, Isaiah 9, 6, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father, and of the increase of his government and peace. Verse 7, there will be no end. Who wants some increasing peace? In this text, I believe, are some real strong keys for having and enjoying the peace of God whether the Rangers win or not. Amen. Whether your remote control works or not, you'll have some peace. How to have peace from the God of peace. First point, walk in peace and unity with others. Remember, he began in our text, verse 2 of Philippians 4. I implore, Yodia, and I implore... Soon, too, okay? To be of the same mind in the Lord. To be of the same mind in the Lord. Remember, earlier in the book, in chapter 2, he tells them not to be competitive with one another, but to let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who did not consider his equality with God something to hold on to, but he made himself of no reputation and humbled himself and became a man. And humbled himself as a man and became a servant. And humbled himself as a servant and took the place of a criminal. And humbled himself in the place of a criminal by being tortured and killed. That's the kind of attitude we're to have. If we have an attitude of humility, of humbling ourselves, we're a whole lot easier to get along with and we'll have peace with one another. Peace of mind starts with peace with people. It's true. Peace of mind starts peace with people. Sometimes you have to make a stand for righteousness. But when you do it, do it as peacefully as you can. Whether your remote works or not. (laughs) He wrote to the Roman church. Chapter 12, be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceable with all men. Live peaceably with everyone as much as you can. Some people just want to fight and you can't. But... You don't have to retaliate. He goes on to say, don't repay evil for evil. Don't exacerbate the situation. Don't move forward. Um, The world highly respects Gandhi because he uh, dealt with India's throwing off the oppression of British colonialism in a peaceful manner. He did not retaliate. At least he didn't seek to retaliate. And... Um, that is a principle from Jesus, not from Hinduism. I'm sorry. 
Jesus says, don't repay evil for evil. As much as depends upon you, Paul wrote, live in peace, live peaceably with all men. You see that. Verse 19 of that same chapter, he says, Brothers, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. So if we're going to live in peace with one another, we've got to let God be God and let him spank who needs to be spanked. And I got news for you. Without repentance, nobody gets by with sin. And through repentance, we're forgiven. But even then, nobody gets by. Jesus paid the price. It may be a shocker to you, but God loves the person we can't stand just as much as he loves us. Secondly, be a true friend and help people reconcile. Look at this. Verse 3, he says, I urge you also, true companion, help these women who labored with me in the gospel. Yodia and Suntuki. With Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Who's this true companion? Where does this guy come from? He talks about uh, Eutychus and gives different names of people, but this letter is written to the church he established 11 years earlier in Philippi, and here he is saying, I urge you also, true companion. Nobody knows who the true companion is. But I think it would be safe to say that a true companion is a true friend, right? And a true friend is someone that helps friends reconcile. You see that? A true friend is someone who will not take up your offense, but will help you to reconcile. That's a true friend. Look at what uh, Proverbs says about true friends. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than kisses from an enemy. Sometimes a friend has to tell you the truth. You know, Billy Bob, John Doe had his point. Or you know, Billy Bob, you got to get it together. You must forgive. You cannot live like this the rest of your life. Well, I thought you were my friend. Billy Bob, I am being your friend. Well, well, Jack and Jill aren't telling me the same thing. They're not really your friends, Billy Bob, if they're just agreeing with you. You're adding to people's chains of conflict when you side with them in their conflicts. As a pastor, Yvette and I have endeavored to never uh, take our conflicts and put them on other people. In other words, sometimes people leave church and they're mad at the pastor, they're mad at the church, they're hurt at something, invariably we get the blame. We have never gotten hurt and upset at members who still fellowship with those kind of people. We just don't. Why? Because we're in this thing to reconcile. If that friend meets with that person whose relationship with me is strained and they continue that friendship, maybe they'll turn that thing around. Turn that thing around. We used to have a pastor years ago that, man, it was not good if you continued friendships that, you know, with people he had lost because he believed they were going to be, those people will poison those people. Well, you know, you have such a negative outlook, you have no peace, 
the atmosphere of your congregation loses peace, and guess what? That church doesn't exist anymore. We must, as much as depends upon us, even though it may hurt, we must make peace. We have no choice. We're going to heaven with one another. Amen? Our names are in the book of life. Amen? There's not two sections in heaven for the Hatfields and the McCoys. Well, there is that one where you keep really quiet because they would be dismayed if they knew they weren't the only ones there, but... Sorry, let's move on. Second point is rejoice in the right kind of things. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Whether the rangers make it or not, we have cause to rejoice. Why? Because our names are in the book of life. Look at what Jesus said. The disciples were all excited. We cast out some devils. He said, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Is it a joyous thing that somebody is set free from oppressing spirits? Yes. But our joy cannot rest in that. Why? Because people can, can fall back into sin and open the door to demons and be eight times worse. Jesus said it. Evil spirit leaves someone. If they come back and the place is empty, they'll get seven friends and bring them back. What's that? One plus seven is eight. You get disheartened. Oh, what was all that about? Blah, 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 blah. So our joy must be in the Lord. In the Lord. That the cowboys never make it again. Amen. We rejoice. In the Lord. Rejoice in the right kind of things. Things that are eternal. Things that are unshakable. That's where I draw my joy. And I think about it to the point that my moodiness lifts. In light of eternity, those mountains we have really are just bumps in the road. Fourthly, treat everyone kindly as the Lord watches. You know, we are being watched. Verse 5, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. He is watching. One day he'll divide the sheep from the goats and say, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was naked, you gave me clothes. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you visited me. Maybe he'll say, I was mean and you were kind to me. And we'll say, when did we see you like this? He'll say, in as much as you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. He is witnessing. He's watching it all. We're not fooling him. Many times as believers, we live like we're atheists. Think about it. Think about it. Either we are believers or we're not. The basic Bible translates that. Let your gentle behavior be clear to all men. The Lord is near. The word gentle is not um, sissified. Oh, where's my purse? No. It means genteel. Genteel. A gentleman is not a weakling. A gentleman is someone who is noble, honorable, uh, worthy of respect. Let your 
gentleness, let your honorableness, let your genteelness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Let your gentle behavior be clear to all men. The Lord is near. And if, if, if I just did something that needed to be more gentle, I am sorry. I'm just trying to get the point across. It's not a, a weakness. Gentleness is it's strength under control so you don't hurt. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do, the New Living Translation says. What does this have to do with peace? Well, when I lay down at night, my conscience isn't bothering me. When I lay down at night, I'm not afraid of someone getting back at me for what I did to them. Yes, but sometimes people are not worthy of my kindness. That is so true. (laughs) Have you ever had kindness extended to you when you were not worthy of it? Man, we live in a high-stress world. So stressful. The clock is ticking and things have got to be done and people are hurting big time. Show some kindness. You got to try a little kindness. Overlook the blindness. Remember that song? Shine your light for everyone to see. And if you try a little kindness, I'll stop it. And you overlook the blindness of a narrow-minded people on a narrow-minded sea. <laughs> you know, some songs, you, you, you can't just leave them hanging. You've got to end them. The Weymouth New Testament says, Let your forbearing spirit be known to everyone. Fifth point, don't worry about anything. Look at this. Verse 6 begins with this phrase, be anxious for nothing. You know what the word nothing is? It's Medea. Medea. It's Medea. Medes. Medes. It means not even one thing. Be anxious for not even one thing. Do not be anxious for one thing. He's not just using exaggeration here to get a point across. He's saying, don't be anxious about anything. Jesus said in Matthew 6, do not worry saying, what should we eat? What should we drink? What should we wear? How are we going to pay these bills? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of those things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. You know, there's a lot of truth in the the AA hymn. You know what the AA hymn is, don't you? I used to go, I learned it by going door to door with my guitar, inviting people to church and singing for them. Hopefully the presence of God would come and we could pray, things like that. But if they were part of AA, they always wanted to sing the same song. So I call it the A hymn. It's one day at a time, sweet Jesus. That's all I'm asking of you. Now I know it's a trap just to live in the now. You know what I mean? We have to 
plan and use our brains. Otherwise, we'll experience hardship on down the road. But we are not to worry about tomorrow. Let today be today and let tomorrow be tomorrow. The majority of things we worry about don't happen. Sometimes we worry about things that happened in the past. Well, the majority of those things did happen. Yes, but you can't do anything about them. We can't, right? Could it be some things that happened in our past happened because we were worried about things that happened in the past and we didn't have the consciousness we needed to handle the things on that day and so we made some big boo-boos? And so now we're going to worry about that day and we're missing out on opportunities today. How many people have lost a loved one and never come out of their season of mourning and miss out on the loved ones they still have with them? We are not to worry about anything. If you want to have peace, the peace of God, don't worry. It doesn't mean don't be honest with your struggles. My goodness, God knows this life has its struggles. But making mountains out of molehills and obsessing over things you can do nothing about will just rob you of your health, destroy your relationships, and make you a person no one wants to be around. Somebody said, when I feel good, I feel bad because I know how bad I'm going to feel when I don't feel good. (laughs) Worship and pray with thanksgiving about everything. Look at this verse. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. Be anxious for not one thing, but in everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The word there for prayer is a word prosyuke, which literally means to prostrate yourself and bless. Yuke, Eucharist, uh, eulogy. Use the word good or to bless. So when you worship, you are prosyuke. So don't be anxious about everything, but in everything, by worship, And supplication. Supplication is an official request. It's a clear prayer. It's not just a blubbering. I know the Lord understands our blubberings. But it's a clear prayer from your heart, using your mind, in this atmosphere of worship, you're making requests with thanksgiving. Worship deals with who He is. Supplication deals with what we need. And thanksgiving deals with what He has done. And as you grow on the Lord, you can begin to experience thanksgiving on the level of what He's going to do. So we worship Him for who He is, and we make our requests in the atmosphere, giving thanks for what He has done and what He's going to do. Who He is, what He's done, what He's doing, and what He's going to do. And you can bank on it. If you come to Him with your heart right, He's going to hear your prayer. Things are going to happen. Yeah, but isn't there a verse that says, in the day that you called, I heard you. In the day that you called, I'll answer you. I'll answer prayer. You pray and it shall be done. And, and I've prayed and I haven't seen anything done. You've got to understand something about God. A day with God is a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day. 
He knows that's true. He lives outside of time. So if he answers our prayer the day we ask, then what is the truth? Is our answer coming to us? No. We're going to our answer. We're getting closer and closer to the answer that God gave the day we asked. That's why Thanksgiving in advance is in order. Anyway, I think you got the point. All right. Feed your mind the best things to think about. Feed your mind the best things to think about. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true. The word true there is a word alethis. Uh, if you're named aletheia, it's related to the word truth. It means not concealed, not hidden. It's true. So whatever things are known to be true, that's what we're to think about. If your mind is filled with a bunch of secrets, what is that? That's not known to be true because sometimes secrets can be untrue. And because they're secrets, you're not testing them to see if they are true. So could it be that you are being depressed by fantasies, strongholds, lies, falsehoods? We must allow our thoughts to be centered on, dwell upon, resulting from things that you absolutely know is the truth. Well, so-and-so said, somebody said such and such about me. Okay? Maybe they did, but how were they set up to say that? Because you know what tailbearers do. Old Billy Bob would never be a tailbearer. Let me tell you, Billy Bob's a sinner just as big as the rest of us. Tailbearers want somehow to have a position of honor in your heart. I mean, we're getting down in the nitty-gritty here this morning. They want a position of honor, and so... Maybe they set it up to have that person say something negative about you. And why do they need to tell you anyway? Well, they need to know. Really? A thousand people in Granbury could be speaking ill of me today. You know what? I don't have to know one thing they're saying. Now, you know, if they're going to burn my house down, call the police. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble... The word there for noble actually means honest. Think about honest things. Whatever things are just, it means innocent. We're talking about purity of mind. Whatever things are pure, it means clean or modest. Whatever things are lovely, it's the word pros philase. The word pros means toward. Toward, pros, pro professional is to be towards something. Uh, and um, philase is related to the word phileo, Philadelphia, brotherly, brotherly love. Prosphilus is toward, be friendly towards. Whatever things are lovely means whatever things are friendly toward. Whatever things build up your friendships is the things we should be thinking about. Whatever things are of a good report means reputable or well-spoken. If there is any virtue, this speaks of excellence. And if anything is worthy of praise or it's commendable, think about these things. 
I don't want anybody to feel picked on. I want everybody to be happy. But you know what? Sometimes you've got to squeeze that boil before happiness comes because the Band-Aid just makes it worse. So if the shoe fits, somebody said a key to stopping the habit of worrying is wear shoes that are too tight. And you won't worry all day long. You just think, my God, these shoes are killing me. <laughs> it will purify your mind. I don't know if that's true or not. But just to drive the point home, here's a little video reiterating this verse, trying to get the point across because I don't want to preach it again for a while. stay there, other thoughts are going to come. And other thoughts will come. And before long, you'll have confirmation of things that are not true. So be careful of the seeds that are sown in your mind because seeds grow up. They really do. That's why we want to think on good things. If I'm going to have a stronghold, I want to be a fortress for God. Amen? And finally, the key to having peace from the God of peace is follow godly examples with your mind, heart, ears, eyes, and life. Can we give a hand for the senior citizens in our midst? If the economy disturbs you, talk to someone who went through the depression and get some insights. Amen? If a rock bothers you, talk to someone who fought in World War II. Talk to someone older than you who's got wisdom to pass on the peace. They can tell you. You can ask them questions. Pick their brain. Hey, uh, did you ever worry about something unnecessarily? You know, I asked a guy about this one time. I says. You know, why is it we worry about things and then sometimes they don't happen? Don't, why don't we think twice about, you know, I shouldn't have worried. All that energy I wasted worrying about this and it didn't happen. He says, no, I think it's a good thing I worried so things could work out. 
you know what? He's not alive today. Could it be that worry had a hand in doing that? I don't know. Follow godly examples. Verse 9, Paul said, The things you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Can we stand? In number six, God gave the priests of Aaron a blessing to pronounce upon his people. And he said, in doing this, you'll put my name on them. And that blessing is, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his, say it, peace. That word is shalom. It's kind of like on Star, 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 Star Trek. Live long and prosper. It's, it is a blessing. It's the word shalom. It's a greeting, and yet it's a bidding of farewell. It's what the world needs a whole lot more of is that Old Testament, New Testament, shalom, peace of God that passes all understanding. The word in, uh, I think it's verse 7, what we were just reading, says in the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds. That word passes your understanding literally means the peace of God is superior to your understanding. If I submit to his peace, I'm humbling myself and saying, you know what? His thoughts are higher than mine. He's way bigger than me. Great big God. He's superior to me. Who am I to worry about something that he's got under control? Amen. Lord, I pray that you'd bless your people. I pray that your peace would be evident to all who know them. That every marriage, every home, every life, every boy, every girl, every woman, every man, every husband, every wife, every mother, father, grandfather, grandfather, great, 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 great grandparents would know and exhibit the peace of God that passes understanding. It's superior to all our understanding in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that your peace would break addictions from our lives. That your peace would reign in this place as more than just an atmosphere or a feeling, but it would be displayed in our relationships in Jesus' name. Lord, may peace on earth come through the church, Lord, as your judgment begins at your house in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you that your government and your peace do not end. May the peace increase in our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Go and spread the peace.